Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money show, episode 71. In this show, we have an early, that's right, an early preview of UFC on ABC1, UFC Fight Island 7, whichever way they decide to hashtag this down the line, Holloway versus Cater, mainly because there are three fight cards, count them, three fight cards happening just over seven days. So to give you guys as much content as possible and also to be able to give these fights adequate time, we're spacing it out as best we can. So... Before I even get into the intros, I want to explain a little bit what we're doing here. We're going to go through every one of the fights that's so far not canceled, as we were. <laughs> and uh, we're going to give actually two bets out, two early bets for this fight card. DraftKings is going to get tabled because those salaries aren't out yet. But we're going to go through the whole fight card. Then we'll make sure to hit the DraftKings next week if the lines are out, which I would hope would happen. And we're going to start going into then the Chase yeah, versus Magni full card preview. All of this is really so each show we will fully fully cover an event for you guys so you get all of your content but that's a little bit little bit of a tidbits there if you want further breakdown of that events please by all means contact me on twitter and for that i am bob Oscar your favorite cards man at ma4 eh, ma state of mind there on twitter here with real mike mike copenhaver at don't cope just win and mikey gilman at mikey gills there on twitter that's gills with a z also follow the show on twitter at ma4 money show real mike how are you doing uh, I'm doing much better, man. Uh, my, unfortunately, my lady uh, got COVID uh, from her mom, who's a nurse. Uh, she she literally uh, got informed on Christmas Day, it was, while we were sat down for uh, a small family dinner. And so then uh, all of us kind of obviously got exposed pretty fast. And so I got sick. My lady got real sick. Um, I, I somehow didn't... Uh, tested negative but my lady was pos is positive and so she's thankfully doing a lot better um, i'm stoked to be here to talk about some ufc finally because the only people not happy about the ufc being on last few weeks like i said is bob's wife my fiance and uh, mikey's fiance mike gills how about you how are you doing i was doing all right until our uh, our intro hit with the welcome to death row thing and with the, the recent dr dre news that just broke like five seconds ago i don't know it hit me in the feels a little bit so i don't know like we're, we're here we're, we're still gonna do it shout out to dr dre uh meant a lot to anybody that grew up in the 90s but yeah i'm ready i'm here let's go yeah i mean like the wash Grant, I know that's not why he's famous, but my first exposure to him, my first exposure to him. So, <laughs> well, the MMA4 Money Show is here live, live on HAPS. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. What is HAPS? It's a new platform that makes it super easy to simultaneously broadcast all your social media channels. Uh, we have a chat going here. Feel free to hop in there. You could also click on links on Twitter for us, and we'll be in all of the normal places after the fact. If you download and subscribe with HAPS, you will get 100 free coins for joining, which you can use to support our work here at the MMA for Money Show. You can give them to people uh, in, within the chat as you listen, things you like, things you don't like, you can add to it, and that adds up, and it helps us keep running this show, which is pretty fantastic. But you can find the show on HAPS as we are live right now, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcast, the RSS feed. We are also on YouTube with full-length shows 
after the fact, as well as little tidbits of fight breakdowns, bets, and DraftKings. Like we said, not as much DraftKings happening for this particular show, but it'll be there going forward. Um, subscribe to never miss a show. Like, comment, share, spread the word, all those things. I want some reviews. I want some reviews to just be able to tell my kids I'm doing good. <laughs> but we're going to hop right into UFC on ABC1. I, I know they haven't announced this as the titling system, but since they did it so much with Fox and ESPN, it only makes sense that eventually it's going to be UFC on ABC. I, I know. Heard. I'm just so confused by it, though. It's like ABC now. I just like I'm just I'm still well, like actually, you know. it makes perfect sense because their deal is with ESPN and Disney owns ESPN. Oh no, no, so, I know it makes sense business wise, but like as a fan, it's crazy to see like ABC. Like I, when I saw ABC, I was just like I, I don't even. It just doesn't correlate my mind that it's like ABC Channel Seven. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pro. I'm really hoping for like some inserting of. Uh, miscellaneous Disney characters or trivia throughout the broadcast. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, I might riot. I, I, I'm probably going to riot. But uh, yeah. the fight card itself is Holloway versus Cater. And we're going to jump in there in a quick second. I want to just quick thank you to the people that we have in the live chat already. We got Ryan Richardson, the man, Kicker Bass, and of course, Jackie Girls in there. Please, by all means, go in there, ask us questions. We want to interact with you. So by all means, throw stuff in there ends up with great movie references as we're known for or just random <laughs> information that we learn about such wonderful trivia as the movie the wizard if you haven't watched it watched it or go back to Ooh. shows we'll let you know about that one um, that, first, that was the craziest night that i think has ever happened on the show is when that news dropped that was fantastic thank you richard for that high five 10 cent thing there this is what these coins do if you give us an award throughout the show we can get earnings that help run this thing and actually keep us afloat which would be fantastic but the first fight is already gonna have descent just flat out already it's gonna have descent. the first <laughs> fight <laughs> granted the order may be skewed this is how typology has had it for the last week it's probably gonna change with all the cancellations and we'll mention said cancellations but the first fight we're gonna talk about is bear with me Nazardine Emovov, uh, plus 140 versus Phil Hawes, plus 160. I'm going to go with Mikey Gills first because I know he's on the opposite side of the rest <laughs> of us. And then I'm going to go to Real Mike, who has a bet and a pick on this that I will more than likely echo because we are of one mind on this particular one. But Mikey Gills, take it away from Emovov. And also, if you haven't watched this before, sorry for the brief break if you're new to this show by all means look at the highlights of the man Imovov as it goes now my gills by all, means. all right uh we'll start off with uh nasuddin Imovov. uh nine two three knockouts four subs he's won his last six straight one and oh in the ufc most recently beating jordan williams back in october i had a few things i was going to say about him but based on just a brief discussion with you guys i'll let you handle that part because we're going to go right to phil hawes nine and two seven knockouts two subs before I go into this, will one of you two kind gentlemen please tell me if there is anyone that gets brought up whenever we mention Phil Hawes? Just throwing it out there. Anybody come to mind to you guys? Sexual chocolate. Yeah. So are we talking about a, a former 205 champ? Is that who I hear? I don't know. I, I, I never hear them say anything, but I've known that he's supposed to was originally called sexual chocolate. Apparently got all bony after that, but I, I would have gone with sexual chocolate. And I never realized the, how much those names go together, actually. Fair enough. Well, anyway, we're going to throw on out the John Jones because when it gets brought up, you got to drink. So you're... <laughs> he's drinking right now. Well, just well the, the sexual eater. The sexual chocolate all makes sense yeah. now with those uh, d those penis enhancement pills that John Jones is taking. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, I don't know where how I can segue back to the fight for this now, but here we go. Um, 
like I said, I think I'm a little, I think I'm a little, uh, a little higher on him than you guys are. Just when I look at him, like he's so strong, he's so fast. And like I, I get what your point was earlier. His cardio if you say sucks. explosive and athletic next, we're gonna I, have to have you sit, sir. Sir, I specifically <laughs> avoided that one thing. I went to great lengths to circle around the word explosive. Thank you very much. Anyway, like I get it. I get your point. His cardio does suck, and if this fight goes into the second, like late second, third round, I get it. He's gonna turn back into a pumpkin, and the whole thing's gonna go to shit for me. But like, and I get Imovov also. He's a step up. He's got the better cardio. He can strike from range better. He can work behind that jab. All that stuff that you guys are going to talk about. But just that freak athleticism, that legit wrestling that he has, that power that he has, that distance that he can cover so quick. And not just that. He's on a hot streak right now. Five fights in a row. First round finishes. Just I, I think right now is his time. Like, do I trust Halls for DraftKings? Like, I don't know. I have to see what that price looks like. I, I haven't seen any of the things yet. But if he wins, it's going to be – a substantial amount of points, well over 100. So if he's anywhere in that 8,000 to $8,400 range on DraftKings, I'm going to roll with him for that. So Phil Hall is my pick to win. Have fun with it. <laughs> Keyword, if he wins. Uh, Phil Hall is definitely, like I said, a real a real good one-round fighter, explosive. I'm not trying to hate it. I'm not hating on him too much, but uh, he's getting old. You know, he's up 31 years old or, or older. He's fighting a younger guy who's going to be more athletic, bigger, stronger, longer reach. He's got uh, the type of guy that wants to make it real dirty, like Ben Askren up against the cage or down on the ground. And uh, it's, it's not going to be – there's going to be no space for Phil Haas, in my opinion, to get off any shots at all. So uh, this is why I really, really like uh, Imanov in the spot. I think that the dog money here to start off the year is uh, – uh, just a gift. Uh, I think that Imanov is just going to be able to three-round grind session this out. I think Phil Haas has, like I said, a one-round shot, so I'll be weary for that first round. But after the two and three, I'll, I know that we got this thing in the bank. So I'm going to be putting down the one unit on Imanov at plus 140, I believe he's at, and for him to absolutely roll here and start us off. And also, I, I believe that uh, Bob uh, started off uh, a betting, uh, a bet tracking profile, Bob. Yeah, we'll have all the information for that out after the first bets go out and then we'll be able to actually share. And if you're able, actually able to watch us live here, we had the videos here going. You're able to see the finishes of Phil Haas and why he's so dangerous quick. Again, another shout out. Thank you for the Stay Safe Award there from Ryan himself. <laughs> but hey, dude, I appreciate it, man. It's troubling times. We need to stay safe. Shit, I, I, my, lady, stay safe. my lady needed it, obviously. Holy moly. Yeah, exactly. If we had more of those awards, maybe she would have been safe now. Hey, not, so this, so this is my theory. It's either I got a false negative, because like I said, I got sick, but I didn't flag. It's either I got a false negative or my immune system's so gangster. It was just like, well, whatever, COVID. They told me to isolate, they told me to isolate keep her in the room, keep her away from me. Fuck all that, dude. I'm not going to marry a girl and be with her from death to his part and not be with her till the end. So I stood the her every day, feeding her chicken broth. We got her strong. She's doing much better now, but she's definitely not 100%. She's at like maybe 40. So she's getting her energy up, but uh, definitely stay safe. Thanks for the gift. Well, in terms of uh, back to the Imavov, got to write that time. <laughs> Haas fight. Uh, I'm with it on uh, Imavov. I'm actually a little surprised. I mean, I get why he's the underdog because if there's going to be an early finish, it's going to be Haas. And if he finishes early on in that first probably like three to four minute mark, since it gets to the latter half of that, he's going to start, his hands are going to start dropping. 
he's going to look like a minus 300 favorite. He absolutely is. But if he can get past, past that point, which I think Imavov is willing to do, one thing I really like about Imavov is he's willing to make it ugly to win. He will push Haas up against the cage if he can and will, and he will throw. And he can actually take quite a shot. So uh, I like him over the course of the fight, especially because he's going to have a major chance in the second and third round finish. I'm not sure, but I'm well, aghast Haas is going to be easier to finish than not, maybe a late submission. So I'm just agreeing with the dog plate there on Imavov. Dramatic pause. Sorry, every time I'm going to not say anything, I'm just say dramatic pause from here on out. <laughs> Next up, again, as the order as we have it, we have David Zawada plus 215 versus Ramazan Amiyev minus 255. I'm going to throw it to Real Mike first since I went Mike Gills last time, as we do. Yeah, on this fight, um, it almost seems like it's it's just it's too easy a fight for Amiva. I I I just think that he should win this fight and and win it pretty dominantly. Um, it's not like I said Zawada's just that big of a pushover, but Amiva just pretty talented. He's a real well-rounded mixed martial artist. He, he's starting to come into his own, and I, I just I think that it's his time, and that's why the uh, line favors him. So I'd, I'd go with him on this one. Oh, sorry, Every, my whole screen just disappeared. Sorry. Uh, David Zawada, 17 and 5, 11 knockouts, four subs. Uh, coming from KSW, lost his first two, two UFC fights, came back with again uh, with a win against the lesser one of the lesser talented Nurmagomedovs back in November of last year. In this fight, he's going to have a two inch height, seven inch reach advantage, which I think is going to help him because that's his best avenue to win this fight is staying on the feet. Uh, good striker, likes to come out really aggressive. He throws a lot early. This guy's going to come right out of the gate swinging. Um, as far as like his win loss percentages in this fight, like he's a guy, he's only been subbed once. It was all the way back in 2014. So that's just something to keep in mind. Going up against uh, Ramazan Amiva, like we were saying, 19 and four, three knockouts, seven subs. Rebounded from his first loss since 2014 with a win back in July of this year. Uh, stylistically, he's a pressure guy. He likes to come forward. Uh, striking, not the best thing you'll see. Kind of lunges forward with some of it. It's a little sloppy. And you know, we've seen him do a little bit too much of that, dropping uh, to Anthony Rocco Martin. Just forgot you know, the other part of his, his game completely. But what he needs to do in this fight is just get back to that, get back to his wrestling, get back to his grappling. That's clearly his best avenue against Zawada. And when I'm looking at Zawada's record, I was going through it like you know, like I like to do. I don't think he's ever faced a guy like Lame, like Amiv who's going to be able to just take him down, hold him there, and can kind of work him over on submission. So for that, easy pick, Amiv. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to go completely against the grain. Not go with Amiv. Like this, this is his fight to lose. It really is. It's like if he does his game plan, he should win. I'm not going to BS you and say I have a hot take on it. It's just he's super steep price and. I wouldn't lay it. So just straight pick there on uh, Ramazan Miyav. That's about it. So um, next up, we have a fight that got canceled, but I got, I got reasoning behind this that I'm bringing it up because we'll just mention the other cancel fights. But on my order sheet, it's Besh Korea, who was going to be plus 100 versus Yanan Wu minus 120. Now this fight is canceled. This fight is canceled. But one thing I want to bring up is Besh Korea got like nixed from the UFC m- months ago, like months ago. Mm-hmm. And then... She said, hey, I want to retire. Just please give me one more fight. I want to retire in the UFC. Yes, she's the worst person at the Pitbull camp, I'm aware. But they give her another shot. She's got her other shot. She's got her new shot. And then it gets delayed because there's a positive COVID test. So now they're finally going to meet again. Okay, they're finally going to meet again. That got pushed a couple months. So now here we are in January. They're about to fight again, maybe. And then now she has to get surgery. So I'm like... 
a solid 95% sure that she's going to keep pushing this fight as far as she can to stay within the UFC for as long as she can and get that sweet, sweet like UFC insurance to fix all of her ailments and issues and Smart. just cruise, use the, the the UFC PI and all that jazz and just just milk it for all its worth until they basically force her to fight. So she's probably got a solid like year to two years of just like milking them for all she's worth. And that's my little conspiracy theory. Obviously, this is not fight isn't happening as of now. It's getting pushed to I don't know whenever the surgery comes through. But that's my personal thought. Now we're getting back to some actual fights. Big shout out, thanks, Pat Voss, who has an utterly phenomenal last name, um, for hopping in the chat. How you doing, man, fellow fellow Chicagoan? Although I will have to, have to admit I'm larger from the suburbs, but but I, I call the teams home. Um, next up, we have Nick <laughs> Lance plus one forty against Mike Grundy minus one sixty. Mikey Gills fire out on all cylinders for this one. Yeah, just going to touch on uh, the Chicago point real quick. Uh, I'm not from Chicago. been there a couple times, and I linked you to a video of me puking in Chicago <laughs> from about four years ago. Uh, so I've, I have enjoyed your city. Just just throwing that one out there. They would, they they would, they would be proud. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I don't know if you saw that. It was absolutely disgusting. It's from about four years ago when the Ravens played the Bears. Anyway. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> I love Anyway, you. start off this, uh, this one with Nick Lentz. 31, 11, and 2, 10 knockouts, 9 subs. Lost his last two fights. He's kind of in that part of his career, going into his late 30s, losing more than he's winning. So for right now, I guess there's one silver lining is that he hasn't been subbed since uh, 2015, and he's only been subbed once. That was by Charles Oliveira. Uh, also going into his fight, he has a D1 wrestling background, which against Mike Grundy, we'll talk about that in a second, that is really going to help him out. Although it's also kind of a disadvantage when you think about it because Nick Lentz likes to have that wrestling advantage to win. Not going to have that in this fight. Going off against Mike Grundy, 12-2, and two, one knockout, eight subs. Lost his last fight to Mozvar Evolev, but there's really no shame in that for a couple reasons. One, Evolev's good. And two, in the beginning of that fight, the very first round, Grundy had his jaw broken in three places and continued to wrestle or continued to fight the entire fight. Shout out for that. Stylistically, great wrestling pedigree. This is a guy, he's represented England at the World Championships. You watch his fight tape. This guy's blast double is no joke at all. He faints takedowns, get you thinking about it. He will punch you in the head, punch you in the body. And by the time you clinch up, he is already grabbing your legs. Also, not terrible on the feet. Shocker, he's British. I know, like, we try to make these jokes about like Brazilians, like, oh, they're doing like Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the cradle. Like, well, my thing is like British people, like, yeah, they're not doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the cradle, but when they're breastfeeding, they're kind of using their mama's titties as heavy bags. Like, that's how they all grow up and become boxers. Anyway, this is going to be Mike Grundy's fight. Uh, just in every area in this fight, I think he's going to have the advantage, and I just don't see him losing this. I don't see how Nick Lentz can implement his normal game against a guy like Grundy. So Grundy is my pick for DraftKings. He's got a lot of takedowns from this guy. That's what I expect. I think he'll be a great play. Yeah, man, uh, this one, I, I definitely agree with his wrestling. I, I, I'd i like it. Um, it's definitely superior, but his striking sucks. And so yeah. that's the problem, is that he get pieced up on the feet so badly by a veteran like Nick Lentz. That, I'm, not, I'm not betting this fight. I would never bet this fight. I don't think any of you guys should bet this fight. But I think that the people are overlooking the skills of Nick Lentz a little too much. Uh, are a little are undervaluing his skills a little too much. I think that Nick Lentz's experience in Octagon is just tremendous. Um, I think that the wrestling is is definitely Grundy's biggest advantage, and I, I, Lentz, Lentz ain't that bad. So I, I just don't see where he's just going to be like so dominant. You know, um, I think the jiu jitsu of Lentz is better than Grundy's. 
I think that that Lentz could possibly even submit Grundy on the ground if that if it got in a weird position. So I like I said, I don't I don't trust us at all. This is one of those OGs versus a, a newer guy. I, I I it's just go with Lentz or pass. <clears throat> I don't I don't like it at all though. I mean, this is this is just a rough spot um, for for Lentz in general. I mean, read an interview this. Well, actually listened to an interview this week. It was a uh, James Lynch talked to him and found out. Nick's, Nick Lance almost lost his eye, like like very recently, like exceedingly recently. I was not uh, aware of that. Yeah, yeah well, it well, like, well, inform us because I might change well, my in, in, in the last <laughs> in the last couple of months, if I if I have the timeline correct. And Nick Lance was that guy that was always just like not quite that top five tier, not even that, not quite that top ten tier at lightweight. So he gets convinced to go to 45, goes to 45, has some early success, but same issue. It's like he actually fights like some relatively athletic people that can stop him, that have more than just the skill and the strength and the squeeze of like his wrestling pedigree. And just injuries, layoffs, losses, just it's it's not doing good, man. He's he's definitely on his way outs, like he absolutely is. Um I, I, I'm a little shocked that it's this close of a line, actually, but I can't trust Mike Grundy from past issues that we've had with him on this very show. But I don't like Nick Lentz is absolutely on the way out. And I'm sorry, this is going to sound disparaging. We're trying to be disparaging on this show because mainly if we get disparaging, typically then we get humbled by what actually happens in the fight. But there's no bet on this one, so I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> if Mike Grundy loses to Nick Lentz, they should both get cut at that point. Like it's, I'm sorry. Like if, if Mike Grundy can't beat the 2021, we're there now, 2021 version of Nick Lentz, he doesn't belong at 45, man. He just, he, he doesn't. And I mean, if, if Nick, if Nick Lentz can stick around just that much longer, I mean, kudos to him. He's sticking the UFC. That's fantastic. But in terms of like a fight, I'm sorry, like Mike Grundy should yeah. win. And if he doesn't, it's stuff's just bad. Let me it's help you out here. What if like, uh, so winner, there's always like a loser leaves town match. What about sure. loser, loser loses an eye or loser loses a jaw? Two recent injuries. We just, we replay that. <laughs> I'm going to say it depends who, but I'll, I'll tell you what, if Mike Grundy wins, he gets Diego Sanchez. All right. All right. That'd yeah. be fun. Right. That'd be fun. <laughs> but, but part of that is he has to go on Diego Sanchez and Diego Sanchez coaches. Uh, OnlyFans for like <laughs> that's just, so just, gr- it's so gross that he has just one. Just see how it feels. Just see how it feels. Okay. Did you so, see him? Uh, did you see him? Uh, uh, did, uh, while you talk about Diego Sanchez, he called out uh, James Krause on his, I believe it was his Instagram or Twitter uh, today or recently. Why James uh, Krause would because destroy it, him? I know. I, I love it. I, I want it. So it, what he what are you saying? He's like because you disrespect my boyfriend, my lover, my coach. How dare you disrespect my lover? His skills are far outmatched than what you see. If you 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 need to train with me, and I'll show you and I'll teach you a thing. That's what he told him. All gay. Oh, wow. Sorry. I, I, for, at at first, I'm going to tell you, hey, don't use that disrespectful voice. But the longer you did it, 
It did actually kind of sound like Diego Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard. My voice is super deep, so I was trying really <laughs> hard. Like, at first, I was like, oh, he's doing yeah. a, an effeminate voice. And then the longer it went, I realized, I'm like, that actually kind of sounds like Diego. I'm not saying Diego Sanchez is an effeminate voice. because he. Hey, and I did my – and, I, and <laughs> no, disrespect, no disrespect to the LGBTQ. Okay? No, I was no, I'm just saying, like, you, hit, you hit his cadence. That's which, how he talks. He's like, hey, he I, I'm the nightmare, man. <laughs> yeah, like I can't physically get my voice that high, so that I guess that's just where where I find it uh, impressive. Seriously. Next yeah. up, we have Pun- Punaheli Soriano nailed it plus one forty versus Tesco to Dorovich uh, there at the minus one sixty. Real Mike, how you feeling this fight? Sorry, I got off track on that rant right there, so I uh, need to just re- regroup for a second. Um, uh, Pun- uh, Punaheli or Soriano Punaheli, right? That's a name. That's a okay. name. It's a it, is, it, is, it is. It is. It is. And uh, we love us some Hawaiians on the MMA for Money show. We usually always back our boys. Um, this is a weird one, though. Uh, Dusko. Dusko's a tough son of a bitch, dude. And he's got some really weird striking, good striking at that. And uh, he's finished Michelle Pereira, who's obviously now kind of a little spectacle in the UFC and uh, pretty fun to watch. So I'm, I'm really curious to see this kid come in here and, and take on this challenge because uh, Puna Haley is, is going to come in there. He's going to he's going to put it on him and it's going to be it's going to be a real fight so but i think that's kind of a problem you know um someone so aggressive walking into a a real striker's pedigree you're gonna get fucking clipped and rocked and and knocked down most likely and just pieced apart so i uh as much as i love my hawaiians and i love uh uh, soriana punahalia last time we picked him to win uh i believe he won so I, uh, but Dusko, man, I, I believe he's actually the real deal striking. I think that this is a, a different level of striking. I think he's he's just far superior than Punahaley on the feet, and that's where Punahaley thrives, and he's gonna die. Yeah, uh, so, uh, right off the bat, I mean, you're talking about Hawaii, Hawaii versus Serbia. That's that sounds like fun. Like if if we can find a way for those two countries just to go at it let, i mean all all day anyway sort of a story on a seven and oh four knockouts two subs nickname is story time which is just that's a great nickname story time fuck yeah anyway i'll give it to him yeah i don't know that freddy freddy krueger sounds better like nightmare something better i don't know i don't know story time's got that quiet cool it's like pip from airheads you know it's just like it works <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> dude airheads was such a good movie i love it i love it but uh, anyway, I forgot what I was saying. Anyway, I, yeah, one to know in the UFC after winning on Dana White's Contender Series. Stylistically, like you were saying, this guy is coming for all the smoke. Like he's in a swing wild on his feet. And another thing, when you watch this guy's fight tape, Dusko needs to not fall to his back at any point in this fight because once Soriano gets on top of you, that dude goes YOLO striking on you. Love it. Can't wait to see it if it happens. But I'm picking, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm picking Dusko. Forget that last sentence. That was dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I get carried away. Going off with Dusko Tavoris, 10-0, 6 knockout, 3 subs. Both of these guys are finishers. Also won in the UFC, beating Daquan Townsend after he won on Dana White's Contender Series. Stylistically, it's just like Mike said, great striker, can keep distance, all that good stuff. Also, he can push you up against the cage and beat the crap out of you. If Dusko can get Soriano where he wants him, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets into a position to unload on him. Or, like Mike was saying, he catches him on the way in, something like that. Soriano is just a little too wild for his own good sometimes. Uh... 
the caution for this fight, though, when I'm talking about like who I'm going to pick for DraftKings, is the fact that Soriano does swing wild like that. You can clip anybody with that striking. Uh, Dusko is a human, but I'm picking Dusko to win this. And if I see points in this fight, I see points. So again, we're going to wait till those DraftKings uh, prices come out. I like Dusko a lot in this fight, though. Just quick, again, thank you to Ryan Richardson, who's basically single-handedly bankrolling this entire show with the amount of awards he's given us. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate <laughs> I, that. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, my kids will eat the best Top Ramen you've ever sent us. Ramen Top Ramen, just a little, little college throwback. Hey, I went through. Hey, Top Ramen is the reason why I actually have a little bit of a portfolio going on because I saved so much money from that saving eating Top right. Ramen. That's perfect. So, for uh, I'm I'm big on Dusko here. This is actually my bet uh, for the podcast this week. Uh, I like him at the minus 160. I probably would have priced it a little bit higher. That's why I like it here. So that's 1.6 units to win you guys one unit. Uh, main reason I like it here is, and actually one, it's one of the good points. Uh, me and uh, Real Mike were talking about this fight earlier today, and I completely forgot about the fight. I had recently watched uh, Dusko's last two fights, but I forgot the fight before that where he actually fight Michelle Pereira. And just put the dude out in the first round. Wanda, who's also a little bit wild of a striker, Soriano. Granted, Soriano can take a better shot. I will freely say that and can yeah. very much probably gut through it. But, I mean, he's going to be feeling it on the way through. So, um, I don't know how much he can handle, but Dusko's going to give absolutely everything to him. I, I like uh, – Dusko's ability transition and willingness to take it down if he needs to. Granted, Soriano, I think, might have the overall better wrestling here. Um, but – I just I like Dusko striking. I think it's it's cleaner, it's crisper. I think he will land more, and I actually like his output a lot more than Soriano. Soriano doesn't have like the greatest output, other than uh, if he's on top positionally, and none of those are really significant. He's just he's just throwing, not too much is landing. It's just activity, activity, activity. So it stays there. So uh, big on Todorovic here. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Dusko Todorovic at, at the minus one sixty. Writing things down, meant to be paused. All right, the, ne the next time we pause, I'll just make another airheads joke. You guys are very receptive Dude, to it. I am always pro airheads. I do not care that they polarize the Lone Rangers. It is one of my favorite <laughs> things, and I love the, like every. There's so many like, in hindsight, big name people in that movie oh, that yeah. I'm all for it. I'm I'm so for it, and. I don't care who says what. I still love Brendan Fraser. I yeah, I'm gonna th I'm gonna throw this out to anyone in the chat. First one gets a prize. Who would win in a wrestling match? Lemmy or God? It's on you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer, but I also want to give them a chance to answer. Whatever. We'll move on to the <laughs> next one, and then we'll hop back. Yes. I promise. So, uh, next up, uh, Jacob Kilburn plus one eighty five versus Austin Lingo, who just his name in general is just better. Minus two twenty five. Mikey Gills, Kilburn Lingo. All right, so we just talked about Hawaii versus Serbia. This one is actually going to be Tennessee versus Texas, which is also equally badass. I like my fights like my college football. Let's fucking go. It's All like right. a barbecue championship. Let's go. Dude, dude, the BBQ belt, we can make this work. Uh, I'll make I'll make one next week. We'll wear it. Anyway, starting off with Jacob Kilburn. Eight and three, four knockouts, two subs. He lost his UFC debut back in December of 2019 against Billy Q. And I'm going to let you guys know right away, this is going to be my disrespect pick for the week. We haven't had a chance to make one in a little while. This one's going to be it. <laughs> I watched a few of Kilburn's fights. Watched a little bit of his fight tape. Not good. He's not He's not a good fighter. All right? I'm throwing that out there. That means, that means he's going to pull off a sub in the first round, historically. Anyway, um, no, I've just seen this guy get uh, 
get destroyed on the ground a few times. Striking wasn't any kind of impressive. Like he's he's a guy that you would expect to see at a local event. He's going up against Austin Lingo, seven and one, three knockouts, two subs. Lost his UFC debut to Yusuf Zalal last February. Uh, he was solid in LFA. One knockout in particular, and one of the fights I watched was so bad, he knocked a dude to the ground so hard that by the time that knockout was over, the referee was pulling guard. Referee looked legit. He trains. Anyway, uh, (laughs) neither of these guys really have a resume that's going to knock your hair back or anything. Uh, Kilburn lost his UFC debut. Longo lost it to Zalal, so whatever. They both got fed to the wolves a little bit. Uh, Lingo just definitely has the better striking. The one thing I worry about with him is he definitely comes in a little hot sometimes. He leaves himself wide open for takedowns. You've seen that a couple times. But I again, I don't see anything from Kilburn that scares me. Lingo striking doesn't look bad. He's got a lot of power. He's smoother. He's faster. So Lingo's my pick. Uh, do I trust him enough on DraftKings? Depends on the price. Uh, st- follow me on Twitter, at Mikey Gills. We will update you when the time is right. Yeah, um, like he said, Jacob Kilborn is uh, his jujitsu is absolutely terrible. It looks like my sister on her back flailing <laughs> when I have her on the ground, and she wants my mother and dad to come this rescue her. Awful. It's pretty bad. It so <laughs> it, it, well, you know, it does. But you know, in my house, there was jujitsu going down all the time. I got choked all the time by War Machine. I didn't want to. I'd rather go play with my sisters. I just, he's four years older, bro. Pro fighter, whooping my ass all the time. I'm like, bro, <laughs> calm the fuck down. Go train over there, dude. I'm chilling over here. I'd rather go play Barbies with my sisters. This shit's crazy over here. It was like War Machine craziness or go play Barbies with your sister. Uh, Let's fucking be Ken for sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't even know where that came about. But, yeah, Kilburn is so bad uh, on the ground that I would never put a dollar on him ever in my life. Never, ever, 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 ever. So I think the Lingo is going to roll here. I think the power that you said he has can land here. It will land Lingo on his back, like I said. He'll be flaying there like a little duck, a pigeon, whatever, on his back like a beetle. Whatever it may be, he's going to be getting his ass whooped. So I think that uh, Austin Lingo rolls here quite easily. Sorry, when you were saying forever, ever, ever, I was just in my head going forever, ever, 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 ever. Sorry. I I was doing that in my mind, but there you go. And then for everyone in the chat who didn't answer, I don't know if you guys don't know this or not, Lemming is God. So going back, stitch back. Um, (laughs) I was editor of the school magazine. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not. Again, the Austin Lingo should roll here. Absolutely take it, uh, win it however he wants it. And Again, that sounds awful and more of a flashback of stuff that real Mike has experienced, but we don't need to go down those dark aisles. We're, we're, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Granted, it's not the next fight, but we're going to get there. The next fight is Sarah Morass, minus 250 versus uh, Vanessa Mello, plus 210. Real Mike, cheesecake versus, I don't know, Mellow Yellow. <laughs> don't ever call her Mellow Yellow because that soda is so good. That's one of my favorite sodas that's out right now. It's so hard to find because it's barely stocked in any stores. She never, ever deserves such a beautiful name. She's terrible. She's absolutely terrible. If there's a fight on this card that I would just give COVID, this is it. I'm I'm hoping it still happens. I'm I'm waiting. I'm hoping by Friday don't they be wishing have that, Don't be wishing that even I'm so sorry, but I'm putting that juju all over him, okay? This t- this fight's terrible. It's fucking god-awful. This is not MMA. This is not upper echelon UFC quality MMA. This is fucking garbage. Both these girls are garbage. Like, absolutely terrible stuff that that uh, Bob picks up daily on his route. This It's just, I don't even, like I said, I don't know. And 250, negative 250 for Sarah Cheesecake Marias. She picked her name as Cheesecake, and she's supposed to be taken serious as a pro fighter. 
Dude, like, get out of my face. You're so fat and gross. And then Mello, I can't even say anything hey, good about her. Twice. I, I, I'm so disgusted by both these girls. They both need to go to Weight Watchers and get on a diet. I don't care about neither of them. I hope they both get COVID. I don't want neither of them. To, I'm not picking either of them. They both suck. Jesus, man. <laughs> Dude, you're going to get every type of video we could ever have or clip we could have cut out because of all your ranting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that counts as like a terroristic threat. Whatever. Hey. <laughs> That's like crime. Now they're like, he knows somebody in the post office. He's going to make it happen. <laughs> I'll send you some juju. But no, you're not wrong, though. Uh, look, uh, did, did, the, did the math. Uh, combined records of 16 and 14. We have very high-level stuff going on right now. Uh, Sarah Morris, <laughs> 6 and 6, 3 knockouts, 3 subs. Like, what I can say for Sarah Morris is that like at the very least, she doesn't look awful when she fights. Like the best way I the best way I can think to say it is like the movie Million Dollar Baby. Like she may not be the most skilled, but she's showing up to the gym every day. She's hitting the bag. She just needs to find her Clint Eastwood. Uh, if if I'm pick Mello, I don't really want to talk. She's not that good. That that should cover all aspects of her. But like for DraftKings purposes, that's why I'm here. Sarah Morris does have a hundred percent finishing rate when she wins. The negative to that is she loses just as often as she finishes people. So eh. anyway, but I I can't bring myself to pick Morris on DraftKings. Just if if you're a career 500 winner, like I I don't even take the goat Artem Lobov. I'm I'm scared to do it. So pick is Morris. I would stay away from. I I keep saying Morris. It's Morris anyway. But <laughs> fuck yeah, we get it. Uh, we know. We got you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm more I'm more ass too, but my lady's stingy. Dang, well, you gotta get, you know, slip, slip some wine, but you know. <laughs> I was just joking. Not gonna talk about slipping anything into wine. It's all consent. Consent here. Yeah, she said, she said yes. All right, well. Get that in writing. She, both, both of these girls consented to the fight, and Maris is gonna win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, this is such a steep fight. The minus 250 is utterly ridiculous. Um, especially because this is more than likely going to be a close fight. Like there's at no point are you going to be like, man, Sarah looks like a minus 250 favorite. It's just that name recognition. The skill gap is there to a degree, but like not overly so. I mean, you're going to get at least three head and arm throws. So there's that. So I don't know how they score head and arm throws on DraftKings, but you're going to get three of those by Sarah at some point. But they're like one in each round at least. And you shouldn't see those in the UFC, really. Well, I'm just saying, like, they're going to happen. So I don't know how they score them in DraftKings. But, I mean, if that's going to get you a couple points, we might as well. But it's going to be a closer-than-should-be fight with more than likely Lewis Sarah winning. But if you have money on her at this price the entire time, you're going to be sweating bullets. Be like, this is way closer than I anticipated. This is um, just – it just – it's not going to go well. So we're, we're going to move on, I would say, to, like, a much more exciting fight. But well, we got, we got, we got, we got. So uh, Justin Taffa plus one seventy versus Carlos Felipe minus two hundred. Mikey Gills, this heavyweight fight. Yeah, Justin Taffa four and one, four knockouts. Carlos Felipe nine and one. I forgot to write down what the knockouts were. I'm sure he's got a bunch on there. Anyway, uh, this fight is about as spy versus spy as it's gonna get. Same height, same weight, same reach. Both kind of minimal experiences with a lot of power. Both are one and exactly. one in the. U- exact opposite tattoos like if they were together they would just be one tattoo oh so who's the fighter that has the dual angel devil wings in the back i can't remember uh was that torres i think that's t- or was that hollow i can't remember one of those well one devil, one angel that's holloway uh both angel is uh benson henderson 
Yeah, there's one angel, one devil wing. I can't remember yeah, who that's Holloway. That's Holloway. Okay, cool. All right. Damn, I just lost the joke for later. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to roll with Carlos Felipe in this fight. Like, he looked really good his last time out against Jorgen DeCastro. Granted, mm. it was Jorgen DeCastro, but granted, this is Justin Taffa. I mean, this isn't like, we're not, this isn't high level uh, science. We're not working with Mercury here. But in his last fight, I mean, he did good. He had great boxing out there. He was adding kicks in for the first time, really, that you've seen. And just, I don't know. He, I, I thought he looked really good. He impressed the shit out of me, especially considering I had money on DeCastro. That's why I remember this so vividly. But um, yeah, no, I don't think Toff is as good as DeCastro. He's not as experienced. Like he might hit harder, but the technique's still sloppy. So I'm rolling with Felipe. Again, for DraftKings, don't have the prices yet, but it's heavyweight MMA. Heavyweights love to knock people out, which means they love to score points on DraftKings. You'll want one of these guys in your lineup for sure. And I would tell you to put in Felipe. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Carlos Felipe uh, Felipe is the the more uh, superior fighter. I think he's got the better, crisper boxing in the long run. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really don't even think that any one of these guys are going to finish each other. I think it's going to be a, more of those three round, uh, just slug, almost like a sparring session, but a little bit more, uh, a little bit more extreme. But I think that Felipe is going to have the overall edge there, uh, just a little bit well more well rounded in my opinion. Uh, hence the odds, and I think that he rolls here. Um, and like I said, it's heavyweights, though. I don't, I don't really trust heavyweight fights. I don't bet them often at all. Yeah, we've kind of had a, I guess not unspoken rule. I'm pretty sure we've said it on the podcast before, but yep. we avoid heavyweight fights in general until you get to that elite stage, like those, like top ten, but like more like higher, like unless you have an absolute clear path where like it's someone coming in that people don't know a lot about or someone that you can see going all the way to the title because if it's someone going all the way to the title then their first five or six fights in the ufc are not just going to be wins but they're going to be finishes these two guys um they are going to be serviceable heavyweights i actually pretty much the first like 45 seconds in this fight goes by there's not a finish i think this one might go uh over and get closer to the end because this is i just I feel like they're going to get so tired and I feel bad. And then afterward they'll get to sleep. <laughs> um, I don't like uh, in terms of, I mean, obviously Mike Gills is the expert in here on DraftKings in terms of a bet. There's no way I would touch this at all. This is when you have heavyweights like this that are willing to throw crazy for the first round and a half before they tire out, either one of them can land. So like pretty much like our go-to in heavyweight fights have been like, if you really, really wanted to, lower heavyweight fights meaning like anyone outside of the top 10 if you just bet the underdog every single time i would guarantee you would end up ahead i'm not saying do that here i'm just saying if that's your long-term strategy i mean you would have to do it for every fight so know that going in mm -hmm. and you're gonna be really upset sometimes you'll be really happy sometimes but at the end of the day you'll end up ahead so yeah. i like felipe here too he should he should roll but lower have lower scale heavyweight fights just takes one shot i'm, I'm pushing past it Next up is a bit of a sad fight. Normally, we have at least one sad fight. Usually, those sad fights are because one fighter's on their way out. Well, this one, we have kind of like a dual retirement fight almost. But I'll tell you what. They're two of like my all-time favorite fighters. They're not what's, what they once were, but you know what? They're good once as they ever was. Either way, Carlos Condit, minus 160 versus Matt Brown, plus 140. This was going to take place later in the month. They moved it to this fight card. So... Real Mike, the natural born killer versus the immortal Matt Brown. 
Yeah, well, um, obviously, we're a huge fan of Carlos Condit, been for a long, long time. Uh, obviously, liked uh, when he was winning more than he's losing now, so it's it's just been rough for the last go-around. Uh, this one is finally the first time ever that I don't have to really bitch about his takedown defense because I don't see Matt Brown really trying to take him down. But then I'm going to go and say this, and then Matt Brown's going to implement a game plan of takedown and wrestling. And all of a sudden, we're going to see Condit on his back like I don't want to see, and it always happens. So... I just I'm so disgusted still with Condit's takedown defense that it just it bothers me. I know he can be taken down by someone who wants to take him down and keeps at it. It's persistence and consistency wins that game. I I, I want to say that my favorite fighter Condit, one of them, is should piece up Matt Brown on the feet here. It's gonna be a beautiful Mortal Kombat finish, but it, it's just this is this is reality. It's not gonna be that you know like I I. I haven't seen him do any damage at all and want to kill at all. I've literally seen Matt Brown throw with more might in the last three fights than he has. So if I had to pick one here, I'm I'm going to pick Matt Brown, man. I, I just think that Matt Brown has a little bit more aggression in him and a little bit more mean in him still. I, I just, I don't know if Condit's been through too many wars and it's just out of him, but I'm going to go with uh, the immortal Matt Brown to uh, get a victory here and to seal his legacy and get a win over Carlos Condit. All right, so you're talking about a, maybe a possibly wrestling-heavy game plan. There were two very long stretches of Matt Brown's life. One of them, he was mainlining heroin. That's not good. That's not the stretch I want to talk about. The one I want to talk about is when he was dedicated, super dedicated, and living in the Ohio State wrestling room. This is a guy who, in an interview, said, and I quote, Yeah, I can beat GSP in a wrestling match straight up. People will laugh at me, but I will. That's the confidence that dude has in his wrestling game. And there's a chance that Matt Brown wants to come out and just slug out and just have one of those fun Matt Brown, Carlos Condit fights. But if we're talking about a guy that's now in it just for the paychecks, wants to stay in the game a little while, the easy path to victory for him would be to go out there and take Carlos Condit down. So with that fight, like it depends on who you really think's going to show up. For me, Matt Brown is always game. He might not always win, but... Carlos Condit took a long time off before his last fight. He came out there. He fought Court McGee. We were worried about the takedowns. Mike, you were specifically, you went, you gave a soliloquy about the takedowns he was going to get, and then he never went for one. This fight, I actually see that happening. I know that. Br- <laughs> Sorry. I know Matt Brown's not like, he's not always a wrestling heavy game plan guy, but that's the easiest way, the path of, the path of least resistance. So I'm taking Matt Brown in this fight. I think he's going to beat up Carlos Condit. And more to that point, you know, we've had a rough year, rough 2020. Now we got the Dr. Dre news. We deserve this fight. Okay, as fans, we deserve this fight. Matt Brown for the win. Tell you what, we deserve this fight 10 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. Seven. Thank you. Thank seven. you. I'll, Thank I'll, you very much. I'll give you seven. I know, like, I love both these guys. I'm longtime Carlos Condit Mark. I actually thought he was going to beat GSP, and he almost made me look like a genius in the fourth round with that high kick. He just didn't quite finish it up. He did drop him, but that's beside the point. I understand why Matt Brown gets so obsessed with uh, his wrestling. I mean, he went to, uh, I can't remember if it was Ohio State, or I believe it was Ohio State, and just trained relentlessly wrestling. And his wrestling did get a lot better. I mean, he's the guy who wrestled Wonder Boy to a decision, obviously way back when. But he did that. And his overconfidence and the fact that he could wrestle GSP. I mean, I don't know, maybe in a straight wrestling match with no striking whatsoever or no anything. I don't, I, I don't know. It never happened. But in terms of a fight, 
If he thinks he has an edge in striking, he's going to strike. It's just what's going to happen. Carlos Condit, they're, they're, they're both very shopworn. And I'm, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just mean as fact with the sheer amount of fights and damage they have taken, that's where it is. But here's the difference. Carlos Condit is on his way out. He can't pull the trigger anymore. He doesn't have the same output he doesn't have anymore. He doesn't quite have the killer instinct. He still can take a hit. He can still absorb damage and fight back. He freezes a little bit, but that's just at this point. Whereas Matt Brown has gotten to a point where like, okay, Matt Brown could never take uh, shots to the stomach. He just couldn't. He couldn't take body shots. He just never could. Um, Everything else is starting to fade as well. He can't quite take the damage he used to be able to take. If Condit shows up at all and will vary his striking, because he did have pretty good body kick and he used to like really dig uh, with that upper, like that uppercut and uppercut to the body, the hook to the body. Like he he would do some good body work, especially like up against the cage in the clinch, stuff like that. If he does that, he could really hammer Matt Brown down. Man, I just don't want this to be. This is basically our version of, although this is the first time they fought, of uh, Hua versus um, Rogerio Noguera 3. It's like, they're both not where we want them to be, but it just might be what we could use. Like, it might not be a great fight, but man, it could be a good one. And I'm, I'm hoping it could be a good one. I don't think Carlos has been the same since he, in my opinion, beat um, Robbie Lawler there for the title. But I don't know. Uh, the hard pick is Condit. I can't put any money on whatsoever. These guys are <laughs> aged enough and have enough damage done. To but I, I love- no, I like I like what it comes down to is like the, when you get down to the pick, it's like can't go against the heart. Just... <laughs> well, for this one specifically, because it's just like yeah. like same thing. Like, like like I said, if this fight took place ten years ago, if this fight took place ten years ago, I would have put so much money on Condit. It's silly, mm-hmm. and even back then, it probably would have would have been a fairly close fight, but clear Condit. Just it just what would have happened. So like this line is probably what it would have been back then. Or maybe, maybe a little bit closer to a pick and I would have put so much on Condit. And I would have been so confident in Condit. But pseudo-retired, secondary businesses, taking a lot of damage. And that's on both sides. They both, oddly enough, they both have a coffee company. Why not? That's interesting. Why wouldn't you have, yeah, like, why wouldn't you have immortal coffee roasters? And why wouldn't you have Carlos Condit's like 5,000 hands or something like that out of oh, Mexico? Immortal is such a better name. I know. I don't, I don't even drink coffee, but I would never buy five thousand hands. I love it, coffee, and I'll buy how many more. hands it goes through to make a bad. I, I don't. So I, I I forget. But so so you got two coffee roasters going for the victory here, and I I lean Condit. Yes, again, long winded thing to talk about a fight that there's no pet on. <laughs> I tend to do that. I'm sorry. I apologize. My bets seem to be straightforward. And the ones that I'm wrestling with that there's no bet on, we typically go far. But either way, if you're watching live, you got to see some sweet Matt Brown and the Carlos Condit highlights so that everybody wins that. So mm-hmm. who's ready to see another highlight? Yeah. Mr. Highlight himself. Joaquin, Joaquin Buckley is minus 270 against Alessio DiCirico at plus 230. Mikey Gills, how are you feeling about the Kanye music video star? I am super excited about this fight. <laughs> Going to start off with uh, Joaquin Joaquin Buckley, uh, 12 and 3, 9 knockouts. This guy's just flat out been impressive since his UFC debut, even in the loss to Holland, you know, short notice, whatever. He looked good before that, that uh, right hand landed on his chin. Uh, beyond that, there's two great knockouts the one against Impa and then uh, 
most recently beating Jordan Wright, which I hope you listen to us. I hope you listened to when I told you that that Jordan Wright record was completely fraudulent, undefeated my ass. That guy was terrible. Thank you, Joaquin Buggy, for proving me right on that one. Going up against uh, Alessio DiCirico. Di, Di, how do you pronounce that? DiCirico? DiCirico? Anyway. I said uh, DiCirico. But that's what I say. Anyway. Fast confidence. <laughs> 12 and 5, five knockouts, four subs. Uh, lost his last three fights, three and five overall in the UFC. Decent striker, doesn't really blow you away, kind of flat footed, a little slow. Uh, and that's kind of where I think this fight's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the striking of Buckley. Uh, Dietrich is going to need to get in close, maybe get him against the cage, try to grab a takedown or do something. I, I'm not sure how he's going to win this fight, honestly. Uh, for DraftKings, uh, Dietrich, he's never been knocked out. So that's something to think about. Uh, that's obviously what Buckley's going to do. Like 12 fights, nine knockouts. Um, I don't know. When they're building this fight, I was thinking about it earlier. It kind of reminded me of that like Cinderella Man, the movie, not the Eminem song. But like when James Braddock comes out of retirement to fight Corn Griffin and they use the tagline that he's going to knock out somebody that's never been knocked out before. I think with Buckley riding the momentum of all that publicity, they're just giving him a guy that they know he can beat. And Dietrich goes going to get knocked out. That's what I think is going to happen. So that's my prediction. Buckley, let's go. Yeah, uh, this is an exact moment for uh, Joaquin Buckley to absolutely shine here. Uh, Chris De- Alessio DeCrico, whatever you call it, say his name, he uh, super flat-footed. Uh, his striking is is basically not good at all. I, I don't think that he deserves really to even be in the upper echelon of the UFC. Um, I think that uh, Joaquin Buckley is going to piece him up on the feet uh, quite easily. And the reason why I think that is that DeCrico's um, best game plan is basically his jiu-jitsu and getting him down on the ground. Um, that's something that uh, Joaquin Buckley has already been well-versed in when Logan Storley, a very infamous D1 wrestler, uh, schooled him in a three-round match over there in Bellator. And then when he came to the UFC, uh, Bob and I we talked about it, and I was high on him and even bet him, sadly, against, uh, I believe it was Kevin uh, Holland, and uh, I ate shit there, but I still backed him because I believe that he had uh, something. He actually knocked down Kevin Holland and gave him a, a – uh, something so I was pretty close to being spot on, but Joaquin Buckley's takedown defense is really, really good, and then so his striking's better than Dee Kukriko, and I think that he's absolutely going to devastate him. So I think this is a tailor made for the UFC, ESPN, uh, Disney, ABC, everybody who's involved for making money. Uh, I think this is the moment to make their little star shine a little more and to send uh, Dee Kukriko back to the minor leagues where he belongs to go to Italy and eat some pizza. Also, real quick, just uh, dovetailing off of that, you were ne- mentioning all those networks that are covering this. The NFL is now being broadcast on Nickelodeon, starting with these playoffs. The UFC should get in on that. Just throwing that one out there. Dude, they need to get the Nickelodeon reruns somewhere. Yeah, we were there. Like whoever loses gets the slime dumped on them, right? Dude, right? Yes. I mean, they have to clean out the cage. It might have to be like in a separate area, like where they interview them, like with the weird mics. They Hell just yeah. dump it on them. Like and, Sorry, the, this... and the only way to tap out is to grab a flag out of a nose. Like, dude, how, how come Disney? How come Disney Plus has all the streaming of all their old stuff, but we can't get Nickelodeon's "Hey Dude" and all the stuff that we loved when we were younger? Sorry, man, I got them all up here. Yeah, I know, I do too. But I got to show the kids, bro. We got to teach the young kids how it's done. Nickelodeon doesn't quite have Disney money, so we're gonna go yeah. ahead with that. I know we'll the whole "Hey Dude" theme quick. song. I'll do it right now if you guys don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> I'm, as long as you let me quick shout out two people you can have at it i'm sorry i interrupted you for your uh for your breakdown of this fight i apologize oh yeah so, sorry. that's fine i like i have a call to what i'm gonna i'm gonna quick um do 
the shout out to a few people and then I'm going to do my mini breakdown because pretty much what it is. And then by all means, hey, do this. Thank you to Ryan Richardson throwing us that super hard award and the man, Jason Primetime at the original MMA for money there for the teamwork dream work award. And my quick breakdown on the Dietrico versus Buckley fight. Buckley should win. Buckley should absolutely win. He this is tailor made. He should win. At some point, he's going to get stopped because I'm sorry, he has limitations. He is not who some people are making him out to be. He has fantastic finishes. He absolutely does. But this is still the dude that just got like sent six feet below by Kevin Holland. And I think other people can do it as well and just as easily. Um, Alessio Dietrico, he was in that, I guess you want to say Italian invasion. It was basically him and Marvin Vittoria. And at the time, a lot of people were high in Dietrico. But man, were we all wrong because Martin Vittoria is straight the dude and he is that dude so buckley should absolutely get the finish but you know what if he's really hunting for that highlight real finish and it gets to that like second round he's starting to get tired something could happen so by all means hey dude it's a little wild and a little strange when you make your home out on the range so grab your horse and come along because you can't get a ride if you can't hold on all right i'm done you don't know how (laughs) many you don't know how many nights that literally made me so happy bro just hearing that start my night bro because i'm going to hey dude and i'll go to down down the line bro and then we go to what what uh are you afraid the dark come later yes midnight society let's go Was that Tales from the Crypt on there, or was that a different? Uh, that was that was HBO. Oh, okay, that was scarier. Yeah. That was different. Okay, dude. Sometimes that, they would have the um, uh, like older episodes of it on Sci-Fi late at night. They would play horror stuff. Nice. For whatever okay. reason, right. don't know why. Um, there you go. Yeah. See, Ryan's covering his eyes. He's coming <laughs> up here. We need to move on to like actual MMA talk. I apologize. I Sorry, thought at first he was covering his ears because hey. I was singing. We go, we go off on a tangent sometimes, folks. We're trying to have good vibes. Everyone's I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for Mikey Gills to freestyle. He's the only one here that's been paid to rap. So I was I'm a still, professional rapper. That I'm waiting yeah. for like a theme song for us or an outro or like each one of us gets a verse that you like describe us or something well, like that. Mikey, Mikey and I have a, be a have, right. Mikey has a deal. Mikey has a deal. Once we get like say a thousand people in here live, he'll bust a rap. And then, dude, don't be saying that because I, if, if I hustle, you give me like two weeks, I might be able to get that in here. Oh, we'll get it. We're going to get in there. So that's why, but that's the best part. I've rapped for less. Trust me. I was this, is, this is true. And actually, <laughs> while you guys say it quick before going into the next thing, big shout out to the uh, 341 people here that are watching us live right now over all the stuff that we're on. We really appreciate that. Not to mention anyone who's listening to this after the fact. Awesome. Next up. <laughs> This actually makes sense why we were talking stitching back to all these old things because we have a fighter who hasn't fought in two years but was really awesome when he did. We actually have a highlight video that's about to play of his highlights because you need to remember this guy. He was pretty awesome. Granted, he's been off for two years, but Santiago Ponzinibbio is minus 280 versus Li Jingliang or Jingliang Li, depending on the site that you're at. It's plus 240. Real Mike, talk to me about Santiago Ponzinibbio versus the leech. Yeah, Ponza Nibio, I'm, I'm actually super high on this guy. I mean, his jiu-jitsu is, is underrated. He can hang with some black belts, and I believe he's a black belt himself. Uh, so I, I'm not really about, worried about anything on the ground. And his striking is actually really good. So I, I think that this is a spot for him to shine here. Obviously, the odds favor him, so it doesn't make me look like a genius. So uh, picking him. But I think that Ponza Nibio is, is, is going to absolutely roll here. I think he devastates the Jingle Egg. I like Jingle Egg, but, I mean, uh, his, he's – 
let's come on let's just get real bro his, he's not that great you know his upper his wrestling's not that is there he definitely has some good striking and he comes off with some power but i mean it's if and when and there and spotty it's kind of like the rain in africa it just it's when it's there so i can't trust stuff like that so Ponzinibbio is there black belt brazilian jiu-jitsu and some striking uh i think he can just absolutely dominate the kid put him down on the ground even uh whether it's his hands or on the jiu-jitsu side and just uh dominate him Man, talk about the rains in Africa. You were just trying to get me to sing tonight. I respect it, sir. Uh, anyway, uh, Ponson Nibio, we were talking about the, the two-year layoff. I actually did the math. From fight to fight, it will be 784 days in between fights. That's a long time off. Yeah, I think he had a staph infection and then something else happened. Yeah, he had COVID. He had a fight canceled for that. Anyway, um, under Tore normal circumstances. Yeah, sure. <laughs> While I was watching Hey Do while I was recovering, it was probably a good time, actually. Anyway. Under normal circumstances, like I think this is Ponzinibbio's fight easily. I still think he wins. He's just a better fighter overall, basically everything that Mike just said. Uh, but with all of those little X factors, we have some injuries, got the time off, all that stuff. Lee doesn't suck. That's important. That's important to know. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't suck. He, but his nickname is the Leech. It's a good name. It's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not oh. story time, but it's you know it's all right. No, my point is you're saying the Leech is stuck. They suck literally. <laughs> Oh shit! I missed they that. They suck blood. They suck oh, blood. Damn it! All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> National Geographic. Um, no, um, just basically, uh, Ponzinibbio is the pick for DraftKings purposes. Again, I have to see the price. It has to be a reasonable price for a 784 day layoff. I can't believe I missed that leech reference. Anyway, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. <laughs> uh, I love Santiago Ponzinibbio. I was really, really high on him here at welterweight. I thought he could be big things. This is granted two years ago before Usman was champion. Like I, I loved him against anyone uh, in the top of the division. But like, dude, two years. Like you can't back anyone. Like it's hard to back someone after a year. Once you get to two years, I mean, like I, I'm more than willing to not have anything on this fight whatsoever and Ponsonio come back and look like a million bucks. I hope it happens. I really, really do. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's better everywhere. I like his striking. I like when Mike was talking about his jiu-jitsu has come a long, long way. He, he blends it all super, super nice. He has a piston of a jab. I love it. But And Jingling gets hit. So like, I, I love him here. But, dude, minus 280 for a guy who hasn't fought in two years. I can't do it. I just yeah. – I, I can't do it. So pick That's his a great Pon Ponsonibio. I hope he keeps it going and just, I don't know. Carries Argentina on his backs. Either way. Uh, next up in our co-main event, although there will be some cancellations listed later, even though I don't even know where those were supposed to be. But uh, in our co-main event, at least as listed right now by fight time, who knows? So check back in later. Uh, Omari Akhmedov, plus 135, is fighting Tom, I lost my breath, I can't breathe, minus 155. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was right off the top. I was actually happy with myself on that one. Uh, Mike nice. Gill's. Akhmedov versus Tom Breeze. Yeah, you guys ready to stigmatize the mentally ill? I'm psyched. Let's go. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're a bad bunch over here, so I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I was raised bad. I, 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 Bob was raised better, okay? <laughs> I don't know what my – I mean, my excuse is obviously there, but you go talk to Bob's parents. They're great people, all right? My, I, mine weren't, all right? My, my dad was. He died young. My mom, she wasn't good, all right? So, Bob, great parents. Probably – are they both alive, Bob? Yeah. Oh my God! He, see, both alive, awesome people. Still, like he's so lucky. Dude. <laughs> I love, I, I, I love I, the stipulation. Is they're alive. Yeah. All right, go back. Go. You're, I'm done. 
I forgot everything I was thinking about. Now all I can think about is how Tom Breeze in the right light, he kind of resembles James Colossus Thompson. Oh, sorry. I noticed that when I was just looking at him today. Anyway, not important at all. He's 12 and 2, four knockouts, seven subs, going off against Armoriak Medoff, 25, one, seven knockouts, five subs. Uh, Tom Breeze, quick hand, solid boxing, pretty much all around good striker. Um, one thing when you watch his fights, he can be taken down, um, which a guy like Akhmedov in the smaller cage, that is something that worries me, but I do think that Breeze's striking is enough to keep him out of trouble. And uh, that's something I want to harp on, because in the past, I have been guilty of being a little more confident than I probably should be when there are surefire paths to victory for each guy. Mm-hmm. In Akhmedov's case, there's a lot of taking him down possibilities. But with that, I'm still going to roll with Tom Breeze. Uh, it, it, do I want to do it for do I want to do it for DraftKings? That's the question. No, I don't, because again, we I hate to bring it up every single time we talk about him, but this is a guy who will literally quit before the fight, like uh, before he's gonna walk out. And if that's in twice. your draft Yeah, twice. If if that's in your DraftKings lineup, that's killer. That's gonna ruin your entire night. I mean, that's a slightly less painful than a guy who makes it to the cage and gets zero. That happens too. But no, I I can't roll with Tom Breeze, even though I'm picking him to win the fight. So yeah, uh, thank God you didn't pick him because Jesus, uh, Tom Breeze. We're, we're not big fans over here at the MMA for Money show. If you can't tell, if you go back on past experiences, I've done nothing but shit on Tom Breeze. I think he's soft as the breeze. He's just, he's just not. He's not even there like the breeze. He's just so mentally weak that I'll never, ever, ever pick on him. I was gonna make my bet on Akhmedov just off almost pure hatred for breeze but then bob talked some sense into me and he's like mike are you sure that's not your hatred for breeze and then i thought about it and i was like you know what i fucking hate tom breeze i think it actually is so on this one i think Ogmedov is actually got enough though in the tank to smash him up against the cage give him absolutely no distance for three rounds and make it really really boring he could win this fight i think quite easily because you need distance to strike uh, Achman is the type of guy. If he's getting punished, uh, he creates no distance. So I think that he's the uh, gonna be. It's gonna be rugged up against the fence, down on the ground. Uh, not not very exciting in my opinion. But I think that uh, Akhmedov could win this fight by a three round uh, decision. But uh, like I said, I don't know if this is my hatred for Tom Breeze, but I'm giving you that there. So don't fucking bet your whole house on that shit and come back and cry to me. I. I agree. <laughs> I'm not going to go too disparaging on that, but uh, Tom Breeze has, like you with DraftKings, burned you in DraftKings. He burned us in terms of bets. One of the ones where he completely backed out. We had bet him now. I believe it was the first one where he backed out. And then just, ever since then, you just can't trust him. You absolutely cannot. He looked great last time out, but looking great last time out does not mean he's passed any of this. Like it could, everything could have just hit perfect that time. Like he could have had the perfect situation just leading up to that fight. So we actually fought. It, you can never trust him. I'm sorry. Like I, whoever got one money on him last time, congratulations. He came <laughs> through. He doesn't always come through. Like he he really doesn't. Like I'm sorry. I had to I had to bring up his record. I mean, like it sounds good, dude. He's he's 12 and two. That that is awesome. And he won against KB Buller last time in the first round. That is awesome. Then he had canceled bout. Then he, before that, lost to Paul Allen. Then I'm just going to go down like cancellations here. So after he lost to Sean Strickland via split decision, canceled bout with, man, I forgot about that guy. Oh, Wally Bembose, the Holy War Angel. Oh, dude, he was fun for about 10 seconds. I know. Then he beat Dan Kelly in the first round. And this is when everyone was high on him. 
And then you had cancel bout versus Cesar Ferreira, cancel bout against Alessio DiCirico, cancel bout against Cesar Ferreira, cancel bout against Enid Heinish, cancel bouts against Andy Clamp. That, that was a grappling match. He eventually did that one. And then eventually another cancel bout uh, in October. It's, I'm sorry, you can't trust him going in, going into a fight and not trying to be disparaging. Just, I don't bet Tom Breeze fights because when he dude shows up, he looks like a killer. He does. He looks like a top 10. But when he doesn't show up, well, then he doesn't actually show up. It's different. He doesn't actually just not show up, but still fight and then not look good. He just doesn't show up. So picks Omari Akhmedov, but similar to real Mike. And that's one of the things that came up. Like when we were talking about it, I'm like, am I high on Akhmedov or am I just so low on Breeze that Akhmedov <laughs> is looking phenomenal? So I'm going to stick away. I do think that Akhmedov has a way to slow the uh, fight down to his pace and outpoint Breeze over the course of three rounds in a striking match. That, that's what I think. Um, is that going to happen? Don't know. So we're going to talk about two cancel fights, just so you guys know that we're aware of them. Uh, Vieira versus Hernandez. I actually really had that one on the notes, but that got canceled, more postponed uh, to February. I think what they're going with it with a positive COVID test. And then Ricky Simon versus Brian Kelleher is canceled too with a positive COVID test for Brian Kelleher, although he has tested negative since. So he's trying to get that one. Uh, faster if he can in the main event in the main event in the main event sorry i gotta say it so many times because this fight makes this card this is a long card it was gonna be even longer before we had three canceled fights we still have like 14 fights on this fight card but the main event is max blessed holloway the former only according to like a couple judges former featherweight champion fighting against calvin cater max holloway's minus 160 Calvin Cater is plus 140 before I get carried away and just start going ridiculous with it. Real Mike, talk to me about the blessed one versus is it the Boston finisher. Am I off on that nickname? Either way, we'll go with that. I don't, I don't even care because I'm all about the 808 and blessed Holloway. So uh, Max Holloway is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Unreal. I mean, I could suck his dick all day pretty much. I love the guy. I love the, him as a father. I love him as a father. I love him as a person. I love him as a fighter. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I love the guy. So uh, I think that a Max, Max Holloway – I think that people forgot that he won that fight versus Volkanovski. And you need to go back and watch that, all right? The champ right now that everyone's all over, my boy Max Holloway beat him in the rematch. I mean, I, I know that's just not what really happened in the end, but I, I really believe that he won that fight. Uh, Kelvin Qatar, not a bad fighter. You know, pretty good. Uh, his jiu-jitsu, he's a blue belt. Hmm, uh, you know, it's cute. It's not. It's not that great in the UFC. Uh, Max Holloway's purple belt and handle uh, himself, but he's much more superior than that. He's handled black belts on the ground and made them look soft. I see absolutely no way for Qatar to handle Max on the ground or do anything with him there. So that's settled in my mind. On the feet, Max's volume. Do you guys forget about Max's volume? Because like you pump, pump, pump the jam, pump it up. I mean that shit. That's Max Holloway, bro. He, Dude, he gets it going, dude. Uh, I mean, he's going to be throwing hands like nobody's business. And then, I mean, remember, it's not just round one that he's throwing hands. He's throwing hands round two and three and four and five like nobody's business and putting it on him. So I'm going with Max Bless Holloway. We love you over here at the MMA for Money show. You come on anytime, bro, and take over this bitch. I, I just think they're going to roll here. Max Holloway dominates. It's over. 
Yeah, just I'm gonna keep right on with uh with Holloway. I'll stop short of the dick sucking joke, but um, <laughs> sorry. No, um, no. Like, when I think about Max Holloway, like we had some fun talking about Brian Ortega on our last episode, and one of the one of the things that happened with that guy is he got the absolute ever loving crap beat out of him by Max Holloway in there in his last fight before he came back against a Korean zombie. Sorry, I'm rambling all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on, but no, like. Holloway made Ortega go ahead and get that like James Bond movie DNA changing procedure done. Like that's the kind of striking we're dealing with when it comes up to him. Calvin Cater. Like I don't think this fight is like super far away. Like I think Calvin Cater can definitely win this fight. He's got that style where he can land on him, he can land hard. But Holloway, man, that's just one of the toughest dudes out there. You can crack that guy, and he's he's still going to be there all day long. I, I, again, just kind of like what Mike said, I don't want to like just sit here and keep rambling, telling you how good Holloway is. He is my pick in this fight. I just, man, I, you called him the champ earlier. Yeah, I, I probably leaned him in that fight, too. I'd have to go back and check the Twitter. But, yeah, Max Holloway is my pick. Bob, you sound like you got a lot of stuff you want to say on it, so let's go. <laughs> well, let's go. Much anytime uh max holloway fights like in in a weird like not in a weird way it's just like i've said it on this podcast before and for all these you watching live that haven't before max holloway is like my dream type fighter he is someone that throws with volume can throw in both stances circles when he strikes can strike going backwards has a good ground game take down defense forget about it like his he's just has it all that I'm looking for in a fantastic fighter. And one quick shout out to uh, Mr. Primetime himself. Jason's in there and 100% agree. If it gets to the ground, Holloway will completely eat him up. Because this, this is where one, one, one of the differences is Max Holloway is a phenomenal striker and has a really good ground game. Calvin Cater is a really good boxer with takedown defense like he, he's the new version of the wrestle boxer he's the better version of i don't want to say the better version of frankie edgar because more Frankie got that shot so late in life uh if he was younger when he was at 45 i think he probably would have done better but ooh, knocking my own mic um not either of those mics but my personal mic <laughs> so I'm, that jokes come up all the time either way um max holloway here is like i rewatched a few of his fights uh earlier and I'm sorry, Calvin Cater is going to get drowned, absolutely drowned in output. Like Calvin Cater is not a big output guy. Like his biggest rounds are when he's been close to a finish and then he really pours it on. Like he has said that he wants to be better about coming out early because five round fights have what has hurt him. That's how he lost to, I mean, it was only a three round fight, but he wants five round fights because it takes him a full round to get your timing. And then he can start going into it and he gets better and better as the fight goes on by reading your timing. Um, against Dan Ige, he realized that he started off too slow against someone like uh, Zabit uh, Marishit. Not even pronounce the last name, Zabit. Um, realized he lost because he didn't pour it out in those first rounds. It takes him too long to catch up with the striking and he needs that round. He needs to like see your tendencies. He backs up. He moves around. He does not throw hard. Other than that Dan Ige fight. And then when he did that, he throws so much in the first round. He had to basically take the next round off. And then the only reason he clearly won after the fact is Dan Ige, as good as he is, dude could not see in that fight. Both eyes were basically completely swollen shut. He could he could do nothing. I'm not trying to be disparaging towards Calvin Cater because his boxing is phenomenal. Like dude put out Jeremy Stevens. He's got some pop there. He absolutely does. But the main difference is. Cater needs time 
to get distance and read your striking and get timing with it. Whereas Max Holloway does the same thing by striking and making you react. So he will throw uh one two three like varying degrees of punch combinations to see what your reactions are and then he files that away for later on in the fight but while he does that he's striking so he lays that groundwork and then the output just increases and increases and increases and increases and i'm sorry if you're going to tell me that max holloway is in a fat in a fight in a matchup where he doesn't even have to worry about the guy trying to take him down it's a 100 a striking matchup I gotta go Max Holloway. I absolutely do. The one who can put the, the man who completely shredded the Aldo striking mystique. And that's and I'm a big Aldo fan. I just this would be a bet. Again, we're going so far on one that's not a bet. We have a running thing on this show, and we're really trying to keep onto it this early in the year. Obviously, this is the first event of the year. We do not bet main events. For whatever reason, we bet main events, we falter. So what I'm probably <laughs> gonna do is bet this on my own. And not yeah. on the show, and then maybe yeah, I'll go through. We're both betting this personally. We Bob and I both know that 100. But like we said, we keep rules, just like we want to keep bank rolls around for you guys. We're not here to teach you guys how to gamble and be degenerates uh, and throw out hail mary parlays and uh, props that aren't going to hit. We're here to give you realistic chances on winning fight and finding an edge with the jujitsu and the striking realm, uh, and that's what we do. So if you tune in the MMA for Money show, we're just trying to give you the edge, and and we only fire when we feel like there's it's necessary. We don't even fire sometimes. People that fire 10 plus fights, eight plus fights, that's shit. That's just crazy, man. I, that ain't real. Uh, your winning percentage is going to be mu- is much lower. I, I just, you know, imaginary units at that point. I want to jump in real quick and say one last thing because I forgot to mention it. Um, as far as DraftKings goes for this card, I expect Holloway's price to be pretty high, but it's a five round fight. His volume makes up for it. I would definitely recommend him as long as he's not like, Super unrealistically high. If you can fit him in there, go go Holloway all day. You got a shirt for this Holloway all day? No, I'm sorry. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be so into that. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's the main event. And as we previously said, we will touch on this fight card a little bit next week too. This is obviously the full preview with the bets. But obviously, hey, no DraftKings. But there's no salaries. So we will at bare minimum go through every fight from a DraftKings aspect. We might even just have like... Mikey Gill's just straight to a, a DraftKings rundown, just him, since we already gave most of our information on these fights at the top of the show before we move on. Over the next couple of weeks, we will not be doing a lot of a review just so there is enough time for all of these fights because there are just so many fights in such a big whatever. And also quick, sorry, ah, bah. Jason wants to give a big shout out to all of our Hawaiian brothers. We got Herman Toretto, Bellator and Strike First Vet, and friend of the show, Kapula FBI, who's been a fan of him personally for over 10 years and the show since it started and george from oriental combo etc so got that in there boom like i said we, we support all our islander brothers uh my boy herman torado is uh, actually from a guamanian islands uh my boy from guam so i love him he's one of my my brother's protégés look him up he's a super good dude owns game bread uh training facility down in san diego owns game bread uh, clothing line he's a bad dude I mean, I sh- one thing I do want to say, though, is I don't think you guys understand. Apparently, he hasn't fought in two years, but apparently there is something called a Ponzinibbio bump. And the only reason I'm saying that is we hopped up like 100 viewers when we started talking about him. So I, really? I, I don't know. Like we went. Hey, well, let, let me let me get further on Ponzinibbio and how much I love him. My fa- <laughs> my buddy's my buddy's family is from Argentina. Okay, 
I absolutely love to barbecue. If you know me at the MMA for Money show and uh, being me, if you go to my uh, my page, uh, there's Copes Q K O P E S Q. Uh, that's my barbecue page, I, and I'm telling you, my boys from Argentina throw down better than anybody, bro. So I I'm telling you, Ponzinibbio. Well, why was he? Has he not fought in two three years? Because he was banging the baddest girls, eating the best barbecue. Have you ever been to Argentina or to an Argentinian barbecue? Mother fudgers throw down. <laughs> See, talking about Ponzinibbio for a minute pops up two more people. Sorry, like I, I, apparently it's science. I, I don't understand Not it. Hey, I'll keep, I'll keep going. Hey, I'm also German nationality, okay? A lot of Germans after the war, they went to Argentina and they escaped. So a lot of them are mixed in with German blood. So you'll see some light light-haired, blue-eyed Argentinians. I wouldn't just be like talking about people uh, that escaped. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. Hey, it is what it is. It's, it's history. It's facts, bro. It's facts. Yes, the most important takeaway from World War II is that people love barbecue. That is... <laughs> hey, that was in every history book that I read. That's why we had Texas or Tennessee earlier in the night, folks. Uh, and thank you, Jackie Girl, for that super hard... Uh, to fi to finish out the show uh, before we get I don't know don't get mad at the history yeah. lesson bro <laughs> it's fucking history like go watch Schindler's List I didn't do the shit I'm not saying I, bro my family's yeah. been in America my family's personally been in America sixteen since sixteen hundreds we weren't a part of that evil shit I'm just saying I was just pointing facts that they were friends just like Japan is an ally of Germany I just I just know my history folks I, we love you here we love all of you. Everyone, hey, dude, you've been here a long time. My family didn't come over till the Great Depression. <laughs> oh, dude, we have we have a book after our family called it's the Copenhaver Family and the Revolutionary War. Thomas Copenhaver was a famous captain of the Hanover Rifle Battalion. He was in charge of over fifteen of uh, uh, of a whole bat a battalion, but strictly fifteen plus of my family members whooping ass because of the T tax. I'm and, about and to whoop ass because of some IRS tax. Mike, I heard a rumor based on a uh, blood test that you did that you're actually your family has been here forever. I heard you're a large part Native American. I, I am a 17.4% Native American. My mom is 33%. Oh. So either way, bro, my family's been here. I just was just pointing out facts, bro. We love Argentinian barbecue and Argentinians around here. Ponzinibbio rolls. Coming next week, Native American barbecue. Next week is just going to be like a Ponzinibbio love fest. Let's see if we can crank up these numbers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> We will be back next week. Now, next week is going to look more like um, the UFC. Oh, sorry. Before I even forget, I mean, normally we're going to review this on the next week's show, but our two bets so far for UFC Fight Island 7 or UFC on ABC 1, whichever we end up with, is a one-unit bet on Imavov at plus 140 and a 1.6-unit 1 bet that's to win one unit on Dusko Todorovic at the minus 160. I will repeat these next week because next week what's going to happen is we are going to repeat the bets for this fight card and any fight changes because they might still happen. And then we're also going to do the DraftKings while Mike Gills is going to do the DraftKings because he's the DraftKings guy. He's DraftKings king for crying out loud. And then after that, we will go through the UFC Chase vs. Magni full card preview from a betting aspect and we'll see how the salaries are for that mainly because that's that wednesday card we want to get you guys that info and then also we want to spend as much time as possible on january 19th talking about the full pay-per-view of uc 257 especially when you throw uh chandler and hooker on there but before i completely close this out do you guys got anything else you want to say we'll start with mike and gills any last bit of do statements before we sign out 
Yeah, just talking. You were talking about like the two events next week. Like that just speaks to how big Connor is. You know, some fighters have preliminary fights. That guy has preliminary events. You got to respect that. <laughs> but uh, no, just uh, just you know, we're going to the next episode. So in honor of Dr. Dre, on to the next episode. Yeah, buddy. And I just like to give a shout out to uh, Spliff Seeds, my uh, sponsor, uh, Genetic Line over in Amsterdam. Uh, they hooked me up with their Genetic Line, uh, specifically Lemon Cream Kush. Uh, that's my plant over there featured on the seeds and genetics. So I just like to shout them out. It's S P L I F F Seeds. Uh, go shout them out and give them some love. I'd like to give a shout out to all 496 of you watching us live at this very moment. I want to give a big shout out to Ryan Richards, Jackie Girl, the man primetime himself, Pad Voss, all of you awesome people that have joined us in the chat, commenting, giving us awards, giving us questions. We really appreciate it. We're trying to grow that aspect of it and try to make this as interactive as possible. Yes, we thought, we assumed, we we aspirated to a shorter concise show since we were only over one event and not reviewing but you know what we were wrong and we're already over an hour hour 20 here but you know what i guess it was worth it but you know what thank you for everyone joining us on haps don't forget to subscribe to this show on your platform of choice that's apple podcast spotify google podcast overcast podcast rss feed youtube and here on haps you can subscribe to each one of us and the show overall we might do some individual live streaming and for sure we will for the overall show every tuesday night here at eight central nine eastern six pacific i don't know mountain time so we're moving past that point remember to subscribe to us on youtube for both full length shows after the fact and the smaller tidbits fight breakdowns bet breakdowns DraftKings breakdowns DraftKings reviews the occasional interview maybe some more coming up like comment share spread the word and with that let's roll